Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about snow and its insulating qualities. In our spotlight, we're going to look at the SmartStax Pro Worm technology getting closer to market. Ag History Minute, we'll talk about the Capper Volstead Act. Cool beans, that's corny. We'll have current events and we'll wrap it all up with an ag idiom of the week. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey, to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So here we are. We know we know who it's who it is now. All the games are done. Packers Rams super, this Saturday. Super wild card weekend. What'd you think? That was awesome. It was super. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so super for a couple teams. But the, great, the games weren't super awesome, but it was super awesome to have. A you triple could, header both You could days. tell like the Bears were just oh, not. Yeah, they, they were got their butts so out not matched. a playoff team. Yeah, they, they shouldn't have been able to. They, they lasted out the first quarter, and then after that it all pretty much went downhill. After that guy dropped that absolute dime that yep. Trubinsky threw. That was his best pass Tr- of his Trubinsky. career. <laughs> Trubinsky. Mitchell. And he just dropped it. Who's the number seven seed in the AFC? Uh, it was. Because I didn't think Is they. the Browns? Yeah, but. No, it wasn't the Browns, I don't think, was it? Browns won the division, didn't they? No, Steelers. No, Steelers. Won the no that's right. Steelers won the, oh, the Steelers. The Steelers, Steelers the got their butts yeah. handed to them by the Browns twice in a row now. But hmm, That is a good question. Who was the seventh seed in the AFC? Well, the Browns have to play the Chiefs. So, Yeah, the Browns. It was probably the Colts. Mm. So I was wondering if it was the Colts. Because the Colts didn't win their division. At 11-5, and five, it was the Colts. But yes, AFC North, Steelers, Ravens, and Browns, all three made it then. Wow. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Browns. What do you think uh, of this Browns. lineman that the Packers signed off the... Could you imagine that playing with the Colts? Colts and then... That's gets, pretty cool that he gets to play in yeah. two playoff games. He's got playoff experience. Yep. <laughs> with us, too, last year. Yep. I was kind of disappointed when they didn't sign him this year. Is the... Ex- expectation for him to actually start or to just be there in case no one i, I haven't seen anything for sure but i think the expectation is just an in case yeah still yeah i think so it like, depends what they feel turner can do at left tackle yeah how they can shift around if and he what. can handle then they'll probably go with status if patrick gets hammered you know if he you know if lucas patrick can't do it maybe they'll move turner to right guard and then Valdirio go to left tackle? I don't know, but who knows? Be interesting to see on sad Saturday. Saturday. Yep, Saturday. First game. That's great. Because then we just get it out of the way yeah. and you can Yeah. The either only, have the the only problem the, is either watch no more football if they lose yeah. probably or <laughs> watch all is, football. It's if like they losing win. on th- if you lose the first game, it's like losing on Thursday night. Then I, the whole rest yeah, of the weekend where you're watching football, yeah. you just keep having to watch that score go through. Yeah, that's true. Or yeah, and the same highlights because there's not as many uh, games. Yeah. So. Is the geriatric bowl Sunday then? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, this one it's, I'm I'm deeming the Pretty Boy Bowl. Why would you think it's Packers or in Pretty Boy Bowl? Because of the coaches, coaches, coaches. Yeah. Yep. Sean McVay and yep, and Matt Lafleur, the Pretty Boy Bowl. So we'll see which Cali, the Cali Bowl, the Cali quarterback too, yeah. bowl. Yeah, Goff was Cali. I was gonna go with the dodgeball Rogers. bowl. Lafleur. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think they're gonna? So you think it's gonna be a close win, a close loss, a big win? They're not going to get blown out, I don't think. It's hard. It depends on how good Don Aaron Donald, how healthy he is, and yeah. if he can blow up 
our line, which yep. is not healthy. And well, now we've got to look bad, at, at Goff because Goff didn't start the playoff game. Right, he got put in because he'd been benched. Yeah. So it's a Goff kind of sucked all year. So he did. They were saying, and one, he, he's his thumb or something is screwed he's, up. He's got th- three pins in it or two. Because he's supposed to have surgery, but now he won't have the surgery because he has to play. It's going to hurt in 30-degree weather, though, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, why I kind of wish the snow was going to hold off until Saturday. Saturday. And snow during the game? Look, look what it did to the Titans. I mean, oh, yeah. It basically... It's weird to say, like, we used to not be sort of built as well in the snow, but now with three pretty good running backs, yeah. right. I feel we, like we, we have the ability more to, built for that. Yeah. Green Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite going into the matchup. Just Yeah. And I say we cover. I say we get all that. Yeah. Yep. I'm going win by ten at least. That'd be nice. Oof. Thirty to. Tw- I'm thinking like a thirty to twenty kind of in that range. The Rams. That's what. That's what their last game was with the Rams. That's what they beat the. Yeah, Seahawks they beat the Seahawks, and that was that was a statement game though. They were angry. Ah, they the were, Seahawks though aren't like they used to be either. No, like but they they're, they weren't terrible either. I, I think they were worse. Th- I mean, that game, they looked bad. Oh, Russell yeah. Russell Wilson played very poorly down yeah, the stretch the last couple games. Yep. So. To, the the best thing, though, about the one seed is, yes, you you get home field advantage, but you get the bye. I really like that. It's one less game to get to the. Yeah, but we, we, don't, we didn't do well last time we got the bye either. We yeah. didn't. The only but. thing is, I don't feel like our team needed the bye. The only injuries we really have is a torn ACL that we're really, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's you one wanted thing, to keep it rolling. It, it's one thing when you have four, you know, this guy's got a hamstring, this guy's got a quad injury, this guy, you know, he's yeah. got a high ankle sprain. We have basically the one injury that we've all been kind of, you know, waiting for is an ACL tear. So I think it helped us that the Rams had to play because yeah. they got more injuries. True. Right. True. So True. that part of it, I think will help us. And we seem to be able to start off. We don't do well after buys. I agree with that, but we start off well in the first quarter. It's the, third quarter yep where i hope they get their ass together and just like start playing better but well like you said it depends on donald but what what rank do you think the rams defense is in the nfl they're number one Numero uno. Yeah. so that's the worrying part oh, it's, is yes. it's the, the top offense pretty much against the top defense. jalen ramsey versus Devonte adams is going to be something. I, I think it'll be interesting because I think he's going to shut down Devontae, so it's nope. almost going to be up to the well, we NES and not possible. No way. <laughs> not no possible, way. Max. Tanya no Lazard. Yeah. We're going to no need some of those. They're going to see more use. Up. I mean, they're going to work Lazard. They're going to work Tanya more and right, then hopefully open up Adams. Devontae's going to have seven catches and at least 60 yards. Do you think so, heard, when Sean McMain, Mc, Mc what? No? McVay. Sean McLovin. Um, when Sean McVay Would you like McFries with that? knows all their plays that well, I wonder how much that'll hurt us too. That he knows the scheme. Yeah, I mean it's the same. But I guess the other we way know it too, we know his scheme as well. So that'll be interesting how how well that works out for both teams. Probably the the thing though is we have the mastermind at quarterback who knows true, like what's going. You know, like we have he, a guy as smart as Sean McVay right. with the ball in his hand. Yeah. My hope is that these like stutter starts that we've had a couple times in the last few weeks, or you know, all of a sudden the offense just kind of peters out. We're saving things for the playoffs. Is my hope that they weren't showing their hand. They wanted to win. They had a good enough record that as long as they could skate by, we can save some of the big Put stuff. The hammer down now for the playoff run. So we'll Let's see what see. happens. It's gonna be good. I can feel it. 
So sh- should we talk about snow a little bit? Speaking of insulation. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of insulation. Good one, Matt. Yeah, so... What we, do we get? We talked about... Oh, s- oh. oh, the weather outside is frightful. But Getting some deja vu here. Is so delightful. It's, our, it's our snow series. Since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, snow let it snow. snow. Matt, you got to change the lyrics. Want it to snow? Signs of stopping, and I brought some some cover crops for covering. <laughs> Lights are turned down and low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodbye. You're going to get us canceled for playing this. Yeah, we, we can't play this one. Oh, can't play it's the whole this song. one. It's baby, it's cold outside. That's <laughs> what we get canceled for. That's right. So anyway, risque. last week we talked about snow as a good, or not a good, a as, potential. A, as a potential nitrogen source. This week we're going to talk about snow as a source of insulation for our winter crops, so our alfalfa, cover crops, uh, winter wheat, winter rye, winter triticale, that kind of stuff. So basically the, the unit of measure that we use or the, the value that we're looking for when we're measuring insulation is an R value. Um, so like when you talk about insulating your home, the insulation is um, R something. I believe in the Tilth Agronomy World Headquarters, mm-hmm. it is R15 that was put in the walls. That it is. That yes, because we can still see it exposed in yes. the current status of the tilth headquarters so currently under renovation but we're getting there okay <laughs> i never knew pirates were so into insulation <laughs> you were waiting or, for or that cover one all week weren't you man <laughs> when you knew what we were going to talk about uh maybe maybe so um snow actually has an r value of about one one per inch so for every inch of snow you get one r i guess i guess how you would say, <laughs> you you get say one, r. one r one r, r. r. an r value of one yeah. an r value of one so um, if we have 12 inches of snow, we have... And our value of 12. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. That's quite convenient. So it, it would take 15 inches to equal what we have in the walls right now. Correct. But we've decided we're not going to put 15 inches in the wall of snow. For a number of reasons. We're going <laughs> to stick with not? the insulation. It's free. I don't know. You guys are <laughs> totally missing out on this idea. Because we have to redo it every year. Put it in the attic. It's going to melt in summer. <laughs> It's gonna melt. It's gonna melt in the winter. We're gonna have to redo it like twice. That's true. Yeah. The more we we, did the drywall once already, we don't want to do it again every week. Correct. Yeah, we're not that good at it, so we can't really do it twice. All right. There Um, was in looking up this stuff because a lot of it had to do with building and roofing and all that. And there was a study they did on you know you get a bunch of snow on your roof. Yep. And it's not good if you're not insulated well because you get ice dams. Yep. Sure. But if you are insulated well and it doesn't melt, you actually gain a lot by having that snow on your snow roof. on your roof. Obviously, in 2018, we won't talk about that amount of snow on a roof that will. That was really only for like a week. <laughs> that <laughs> your roof wasn't well, there. Some of it was only for like a couple hours because it caved the roof in. Well, but. and yeah, it was heavy snow. That's the yes. the other thing with snow is it can be heavy or light. Or yes, and to on the R value snow, it varied from about 0.5 to two. So it depended on granule size yeah, and moisture yeah, content. Much, yeah, the snow. But in general, it's a one. one. So that that's nice, easy. Man. One to one, one to one exchange ratio. That's so we one. use straw a lot of times. Does that? How similar is that? So straw is better. Straw you're going to get one and a half r per inch of straw. <laughs> Which I didn't know there was a such thing as a straw house. So you, literally, you never, never read, read the three I, little pigs. Okay, that Jinx. I heard. Okay, good point. <laughs> Max. That it was a real thing that, like, today still some people built. You you basically pile straw bales and then put plaster over that, ah. and that's a good insulator and can work. Have you ever renovated an old house? 
Yeah, we found the straw. Wall, the walls well, are full of news, straw and wood newspaper, chips, wood, so. newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Well, you think about like log cabins too, like that sealer they would use is basically mud and straw packed, packed into the in cracks. Tight, sure. Mo- moss and uh, pine, pine pitch. Yeah, pine pitch too, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so straw bales are better. Um, and then the, we got a whole we got a whole bunch of s- stuff listed here. You know, a brick is 0.2, glass is 0.14, poured concrete is 0.08. So do not pour concrete on your alfalfa fields to insulate them for the winter. <laughs> that it doesn't work. work. Doesn't well, it would work for multiple reasons. Not as work. good. The only upside with glass would be you could create a heat like a greenhouse, basically. Yes. But yeah, you could you could focus sunlight. I guess that'd be a lot of glass. It would take a lot. Yeah. Can you imagine how long it would take you to clean of... those windows. Probably by the time you got finished, you'd have to start over again. Yeah, on each on each acre. <laughs> so snow I, is equal to wood chips or like kind of other loose fill wood. So that's kind of interesting too. Of like it's you'd think I don't know why I would think wood chips would be more, but it was the same as snow. You would think it'd be more. I would. Yeah. Well, I think because the cellulose is basically. A wood True. byproduct. Yep. The form it's in makes a difference. The wood chip maybe isn't as, as good as having that kind of papery pa- material. Yeah. So I think we've shown with this is that snow is a good insulator. Like it, it can help our fields a lot by having it out there because it has good insulating well, properties. The, the right years you have, there's equivalent snow to what you have for insulation in your house. I mean, we right. get 15 inches of snow all the time. Right. Not right now. But hopefully we have 15 inches of snow here eventually, and then then our 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 hay fields are insulated the same as our house. That's you know that, that I would I would consider that to be a big deal. It's snow cause for concern. Not yet. That hurt to hear. <laughs> we just, I could hear I can feel the listeners dropping off after that one. That was that one was tough. That one was tough. So, um, it, yeah. So alfalfa can survive temperatures of 10 to 15 degrees. Um, this is the temperature of the crown, not the top growth. So we see top growth start to, you know, fall off at what, 28, 30. I mean, we, it when gets it nips. Well, as soon as it gets below freezing. Yeah, yeah. It, it nips pretty soon, but the, the crowns are still go, still alive. Um, as little as four inches of loose snow will insulate against up to 16 degrees of air temperature. So... We talk about um, getting that snow on there early. I mean, 16 degrees is not cold by by our standards. Not not even a little bit. So it's a um, brisk morning. That's all that is. Yeah. Right. That's Tuesday in Wisconsin. <laughs> I was gonna say when you look at the polar vortex and we're talking about highs in the negative teens. That's that's our comparison. So um, even that little bit of snow can really help. I wish I had a full chart here to know like you know four inches how. How low of a temperature, you know, does four inches, you know, if we only have four inches when it gets to negative 20, how much trouble are we truly in? That's one upside we've had this year so far is we haven't had the the highs for the day anyway, haven't been as low as they normally would be this time of year. We don't have as much snow here as our friends in the south and southern Wisconsin got a little more out of the, the last few storms, but, you know, we've still got some cover, which is which is good. The one interesting part, too, specifically on alfalfa is it's, like you're saying, it's to the crown, which is usually buried by two inches of soil as well. So now you've got both snow for insulation plus the soil part you have for insulation. So you almost get that sort of double 
double whammy there, you know, double credit. And then the other good part is we just talked about how well straw is. So if you leave, you know, the alfalfa fifth cut out there, don't take a fifth cut. A lot of times I think that also helps you to sort of gain a little bit of insulation. And then I think those help too, just to keep like air exchange a little bit, almost like a snorkel up out of the snow, especially if it forms ice. So, you know, like that's good too. It's like snow can be good, except when it turns to ice, that's bad. Like we still need it to exchange air. Since we're talking about R values, I just quick looked up the R value of soil because we didn't yeah. go with that. It's 0.25, up to 0.25 per inch. Per inch. So I was just looking at our chart to see what that would be. That's crazy too. So it would be like a brick. Okay. <laughs> I would guess that would be as good as snow as well, and obviously it's not, but yeah, yeah it's interesting. And that's, you know, obviously an average, I'm sure different soils insulate differently. Obviously, sand being looser probably has a different R value than a a clay. So, how do we feel? How do we feel about ice versus snow? Ooh, ice bad. Ice bad. I, ice bad. <laughs> snow. Snow. Good. Do you, ever, do you ever like watch the weather and, and you see like thirty degrees and thirty five degrees in January and you're like. Yeah. You mean like today? Today? Yeah, yeah like, 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 like our hay fields aren't uh, going to be happy today. I'm watching the the uh, downspout on the barn right now just pour water, so I know, we're, I know <laughs> we're it's melting. definitely pretty warm. It does feel nice out there. It does feel, well, unless you're a hay field. Right. Yes. I, that's the biggest fear I always have is, yeah, we get all this snow, and then eventually it turns to ice. So, Todd, your idea of that. Of those stems sticking out, you know, kind of working as a snorkel. a snorkel or a straw or something, I think is important. And, you know, obviously all of us get that question every winter about winter survival of alfalfa, and nobody knows till it wakes up. I love the, I love it. it when I get it in January. Yeah. This is a long ways to go yet. <laughs> yeah, we've still got February and March that are going to play a big role in We're still gonna, survival. It's, it's still going to hit 60 for three days in February and then get down to negative 20. So right. we got, you know. But what one thing I will say, as we're talking about the ice and the snow and all that stuff, is um, and avoiding ice because ice is probably the our, one of our biggest nemesis in uh, winter survival. Is the last two years um, we went into winter wet, so we created yep. ice before we even had snow. Yep. This year, relatively dry, so we started off on a better. You know, we had a better start to winter than we had in a while. Yeah. And our and our uh, fall seeded crops were healthier, correct? Because yep. they were planted sooner, they were because, more growth. Because, because they weren't planted on December first, right? Even if you were taking that fifth crop, you probably weren't taking it as late this year as normal. Even some of those fifth crop hay fields, they had some decent regrowth yeah. on a couple yep. of them. So, well, yeah, when you get what we have seventy in November for a few days there, yep. that makes a big difference. Puts meat units on, that's for sure. So yeah, so basically. Snow good, ice bad. Todd, is that what we're getting out of this? Yes. Snow good, ice bad. All right. So oh. so switching into winter wheat. So we're kind of talking alfalfa. Winter wheat, similar things, is that, that it provides insulation, which is good. And think of that as most of those are young plants. Um, where alfalfa, you, you know, depending on the year, in alfalfa, some of those are young, but a lot of them are older. But it provides inflation. And then what you see is it really helps in the fluctuating temperatures. So it's not as much to that, obviously it helps just from getting it way down to where it kills it, but more so it helps that you don't have this fluctuation problem where the winter wheat 
maybe wakes up in the spring, which you don't want it to too early, and then you get a cold spell after and it kills it. Um, or just having that, you know, especially in that March, April time where you just get those fluctuations of weather is so important. So it's one thing to think about is, is the insulation, but it's just that it moderates the temperature better, which is also good so that you don't have this um, kind of up and down that the plant feels. So that's something to think about. Keeps the, keeps the temperature at the soil level a more constant temperature. Yes. Even yeah. though it might be cold, at least it's not really really negative or really really above normal above zero or above freezing so that it wakes up and we've seen that with soil temps taking them for like corn when to plant down right. two inches it's more constant than your air temps by a lot right. yep. and then this also helps that like we've said even by more exponential value because snow is such a good insulator so it just helps kind of keep those soil temps a lot better so i would i tried to find the you know how there was the winter, so or the, I don't think it's winter, but they have the four-inch, you know, um, soil temperature. temperature monitoring, and I just couldn't find that before this. I was hoping UW, I think, used to always do that. I, I didn't find. I know DTN has a thing as well, but when you do watch those, a lot of times you see that they're they're much more constant than the air temperature, um, which is a good thing because our plants then just see this more um, constant thing, and they're not like they're hot and cold. Yeah, and I think that it plays a role too. You know, we talk about winter wheat. Our, a lot of our cover crops, if we're taking for forage or winter rise, they're fairly hardy for this type of weather, but having a good crop of that depends on having a decent crop of snow sometimes too. So it can help all those things, cover crops, alfalfa, and winter wheat. The other thing then it helps then is just soil moisture. Is So um, when it melts... Snow is a very good, you know, constant soil moisture part. So specifically in winter wheat or our cover crops, it seems to really play a good role when the snow melts and kind of gives it that first rain to wake up. And like we talked about last week, it's probably giving it some nitrogen and just getting that um, plant to sort of wake up nicely out of the winter. Yeah, so having a slow thaw is, can be better. You don't get as much runoff if it thaws really fast and the ground stays frozen that affects your nitrogen like we talked about last week too so our spring plays a role in how we get those benefits from the snow so so ideally we'd like to keep the snow all winter and then have it melt slow in april yep hard to find you guys talked about amounts before it's hard to find research on like what's good and what's bad like how much you need versus temp but one uh, south dakota state university article or research thing said about three to six inches of snow was sort of good like if you get that much you're probably okay and i think like you guys said too it's can you keep that much over the whole winter um and in the early spring but yeah it wasn't like oh you need 7.5 inches it just sort of said this three to six you're probably all right that's really not that much too you know you'd think like some years we get 100 inches of snow yep you know. Those are those are my favorite years. <laughs> <laughs> but you just three to six ain't that bad. That's one snowstorm. We almost have that right now. Right, it's right. gonna be close. Yeah. Right. So it's not like you're expecting Mother Nature to give us three feet of snow, two foot of snow. This is a little bit. So there you go. Not only can snow maybe give you some nitrogen, it helps insulate your crops that are going to overwinter. And even though we may not like to drive through it. 
as much as other some others like to, or if you like to snowmobile, then you're really hoping for a lot of snow. So it is a good thing either way. Helps us out. So now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So we're going to talk about the Smart Stacks Pro rootworm technology. And so it's bare in particular with this technology. And they're looking to bring it to market. China's Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs Commission has published on its website a safety certification for approval of the corn rootworm trait for import and food feed use. So that's always a big step, getting our export partners, the ones that we are going to send the corn to, to accept the technology. And it allows them to move forward with commercial introduction of Smart Stacks Pro technology in the U.S., offering next generation of corn rootworm protection for American growers, said was in the bear statement. So Three modes of action. Yeah. Just like when we talk about resistant weeds, we've got to be ready for resistant rootworms. <laughs> Put yep. a couple modes of action out there. Is this the first one that's RNAi-based? That's using RNA, you know, yeah. this newer CRISPR stuff. I think, I think it is. I think so. I yeah. believe so. Yeah. It, do, it does say lower down in the article. It's the, yeah, like, it's, novel. It's novel, which is there, new. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's where we heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't go, don't, don't Remember that was only top novel. two. That was only second egg story of okay. last year. So, don't talk about novel anything. But it will be interesting of all the new technologies that are bringing this CRISPR that CRISPR brings to market which this one looks like is one of them. So you don't want to hear about the novel I read last week? The San Coney Almanac. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read it, man? Not yet. I haven't oh, had it. It's been a week. I've been a little busy. Got other stuff you can definitely read it in a week. We had National No-Till Conference this week. The Ag Classic was this week. Got to get the credits. Got to keep up the certifications, boys. Hopefully you got <laughs> some credits out of it. I know, Todd, you were looking for some. So. Yep. Get my cert credits. All right, now we'll move into our Ag History Minute. Gotta love the banjo. So today we are going to talk about the Capper-Volstead Act, the Cooperative Marketing Associations Act that was adopted by the United States Congress on February 18, 1922. It gave associations of persons producing agricultural products certain exemptions from antitrust laws. It is sometimes called the Magna Carta of Cooperatives. Who calls it that? I don't know. <laughs> do we do. do. This, this article calls them that. The law was passed in response to challenges made against cooperatives using the Sherman Act, the Clayton Antitrust Act, and the Federal Trade Commission Act. As a consequence of the depression of agricultural prices subsequent to World War I, Excuse me. Farm organizations intensified their drive for government aid and managed to get a farm block established in Congress. Senator Arthur Capper was a member of this block, and the Capper-Volstead Act was part of the farm legislative program. The law carries the name of its sponsors, Senator Arthur Capper of Kansas and Representative Andrew Volstead of Minnesota. So there you go. Bill, I think you should print out a copy of this Magna Carta Magna and bring Carta. it to the cooperatives. Corporate and declare. I declare your Magna Carta. I declare 
Bankruptcy. <laughs> That's it. I didn't know that they had an act to do that. I would have thought it was just some sort of business rulings or something. I didn't know that this was a full congressional congressional act. Well, yeah, there you go. Antitrust obviously is the prevention of monopolies. So having cooperatives, you know, they pull. pulling everything into kind of one entity would be <clears throat> under consideration for that type of I'm sure they just pulled a guy out of the sprayer and put him down on the Senate floor and told him to <laughs> make his case. It's 1922. They, didn't, they really didn't they have too many sprayers. They pulled the guy off the horse yes. and put him down on the center floor yep. and said, make your case. Said, we'll buy you a tractor, but come on down here. we got some stuff for you to do. So All right. You if you like what you're hearing, please go to NAICC.org. There you will find a independent crop consultant in your area. Please continue to tell your farmer friends about our podcast. Please tell them, like, show them how to subscribe. Uh, we're working on getting on other platforms, but in general, you can find us on most of the podcast platforms. Uh, so tell your friends what a podcast is, because they might go. Max will be like, "What? What's this podcast you talk about? I, I don't know. Do I need a laptop to get that? Well, you could use a laptop to get it, but I would recommend a cell phone." And where on your cell phone can you get it, Todd? Oh, there's great apps. So there, Apple. You just go to Apple Podcasts. Quite simple, and search for Tilth or Tilth Talk Radio. And on Android phones, you kind of got to find an app. We Matt and I like using Podcast Addict, but there is other good apps out there. Do you know any other good ones, Matt? Uh, no, that's the, the more common one. I'm sure there there's some good ones out there. That's, use, and that's addict as in addicted to love, <laughs> not addict as in... Insulating your addict. <laughs> yeah, not, not insulating your addict. Not your R value addict. Exactly. I have one called Podcast Player that I use. Podcast Player over yep. here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening. Matt, where can they find us? Uh, so you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at... Tilth Talk Radio. I'm, I'm sorry, I said find us. That seemed like, yeah. We talked about where you can find us. <laughs> you can find uh, Todd's can address is. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow us. Here. Don't swat Todd. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to. All right, let's get into some current events with Cool Beans. That's corny. So Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. Cool Beans. So our Cool Beans for this week. The USDA has raised its 2021 all milk price forecast. Yay. So raise the roof after you insulate it. <laughs> and we are uh, looking at 1765 per hundredweight. So overall, that can we is... just lock it there for a long time? <laughs> I think a lot of guys would be happy just with that. Like, just give me a consistent 18 bucks. You know, get some premiums on top of that. We're good, right? Yeah. Some, sometimes that's what farming's been: is how do you survive through the ups and downs? Right. Basically, like find a way to do that. Yeah. Yep. Whereas, like you say, it'd be nice just to be able to be to know and be more consistent, and then they could, you know, you could decide how to farm because you know this is what it's going to be. Right. You can plan. Oh, I'm going to contract milk for three months, and then at the end of three months, well. Maybe the price went up, maybe it went down, and you're like, oh, I should have done six months. Or, or, you, or you, you lost out. You're like, oh, you I lock, shouldn't have contracted. Or you lock in, and then, yeah, you regret it immediately. So, as long yeah. as you lock in a profit, though, never yes. never look yep. back. As long as it's a profit, that's all you need to worry about. It's it's not $20 milk, but, I mean, we can be making money at seventeen sixty five. that's for sure. So, yeah. 
We're gonna be with, happy with, with that. premiums. With I think premiums, that's still tight. But like you say, if we knew it was gonna no, be no, but that. it's not fourteen dollar milk. No, we right. were or it eleven. Wasn't, it wasn't that long ago that we were at fourteen. That's the other struggle. Like we're at the lows for three years, and we hit a high for like two months. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, yep. could we just hang on to the highs a little longer? It would be great. It's like we get dug into this ten foot hole, and then maybe we fill it up two feet. Yeah, and then we go back, and then we fill out two feet more, and then we go back. Can never get fully out. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. So now. Let's look at our That's Corny for this week. And our That's Corny is a lawsuit between John Deere and Kinsey. Ooh. And they're suing Kinsey Ag Leader for infringing on the patent of a high-speed planter. <gasps> so apparently Kinsey is, Kinsey's got something that's too similar to a patent of John Deere. Yeah, so we know John Deere's exact emerge, right, Bill, is the high-speed? I think so. Planner and so Kinsey and Egg Leader both are coming out with sort of their new things to compete with that. Um, I believe Egg Leader's is called Sure Speed and Kinsey's is True Speed. Mm. So um, I'm sensing a theme here. Yes, there is a lot of speed in these. And yeah, John Deere is saying that they are too similar. Um, didn't really figure out which uh, Egg Leader. Is that supposed to be a sound effect, Bill? No, I hit my hand on the mic stand. <laughs> that worked? Bill's getting very worked yeah, up over he's there. Like, trying to move the mouse, and I hit the mic stand. The, uh, so we know that John Deere's uses sort of like a brush belt to deliver the seed down the seed tube. And I believe it was Kinsey's um, that um, that uses sort of like a rubber type of belt or something like that to deliver. But it's so, too similar. So they were, yeah. So we'll see what happens in a lawsuit. Um you know, of, of if if the courts decide they are that similar or not, and then it'd be just interesting when John Deere's patent runs out. But otherwise, they'd be able to have you know kind of their own rights to that type of machine for a while, or or they're going to have to find a not so similar way to deliver the seed. So, so there you go. In this article, there is a video I'm I'm kind of watching right now that does show how it works. So. If is it the exact merger? Is it the other? Um, it's the other one. Oh, that must be Kinsey's, yeah, because it's got like little paddles. Yeah, paddle. That's a good way yeah. to explain yep. it. That's yep. better. So go to the Des Moines Register for this article if you want to watch the video. Des Moines. Yep. <laughs> is that there in Iowa? You can even read the lawsuit. It is a great read. <laughs> yeah. If you if you have trouble sleeping, please. Thirty three yes. pages of pure adrenaline. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, it's it's only 81, Max. No, 81. The party of the first part, in yes. conjunction with the party of the second part. Herein with thou shall, we oh. refer to them as dear, the it, complaint against defense, Kinsey Manufacturing, herein call them the defendants. Kinsey and Egg Leader have gone against these ten commandments that John Deere has <laughs> Yeah, the performed. Egg Leader, it's like a belt with, yeah, it looks... Like a belt with flanges, like you'd have on an elevator. It looks exactly like that. Yep. And the corn seed is essentially the little bale on the elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wouldn't think they'd Picasso have enough. Picasso with your words. You wouldn't think they'd have enough elevator f- things to do that. You know, like picture in John Deere's with the brushes. It yep. can go in any time in the sure. brush, and then it's going to drop. With that, if you only got so many paddles, maybe it's more exact because you can't fit it in everywhere. You can only fit it in those couple in one places. Spot. Yeah, maybe. Could it, be. It comes down to speed, I guess. Well, but, but the, the article did say that that's true. You'd have Kinsey, to match speed with 
your population. Is, right. Yeah, maybe you're right. Because Kinsey and Ag Leader are toting up to 12 miles an hour when the exact average is 10. So, <laughs> so maybe their so speed control is different. And then your singulation on your your disc wouldn't matter as much as how many paddles and the speed of that. Right. So so are you saying John Deere's wrong? They're they're not the same? Kinsey's I, is better? It's the mechanics, not the speed no. that they're suing over. <laughs> saying it's too similar to... Yeah. I still don't think 10 miles an hour is... That's still too fast. Well, I'll wait till you see a 12-mile-per-hour plant. <laughs> yeah. It just means you've screwed up twice as much as right. you would going at five miles an hour. You so. just... The I, stuff I, you have to go with back realizing and replant, it in the same amount of time. time. Let's be like they can go up to like seven or eight, though, right? And they still work. Oh right. yeah, they work great at that. But yeah. you know, it's it's almost like it just yeah. You don't have to max field. It can you need like to be planting in a paved road to right. hit ten mile an hour? Right. It's and not, a big long. Our neck of the woods, it's probably hard, but you get you, some. Of you them, get up to that speed, and you got to turn around, right? Yeah. But <laughs> and, and just at ten. And realistically, around. around here, the biggest we see is twenty four row. Now imagine having those like fifty row. Planters. There's one bigger planter around here than that, isn't there? Isn't there a 48 row around here? Yeah, but I think those are all. They're they're now it seems like guys are going smaller in size, but going faster. faster you know, getting yeah. this technology really. I go always faster. I always thought that when I watched them back, try and back that 48 row into these tight little corners because yeah. we don't have big square fields. I always thought, wouldn't you just be faster with like two 12 row planters just going if, wide? If you over? had a perfectly rectangular field where it was like a one and done, you drove in, dropped, and drove <laughs> out. That would be about the most useful that would be if you had sized that perfect but yeah we wedge, wedge rows and everything else with a f- anything over 24 but, well, is hard and they all got individual shutoffs now so you're not but still right. you're but think just, about these but still fields. you got to maneuver yes yeah but think about these fields that are like sections or quarter sections you know you get out out west or in the central part of the oh, country yeah. where the that fields are huge. huge look at just that little bit of speeds probably got a just huge yeah. huge yeah, make efficiency a increase yeah. for them yeah i had a farm Two years ago, he was only going 4.2 miles an hour. And he's just like, nope, I, I don't go higher than that. Like, that's my speed. And I'm like, no, you, but you can. Nope. Like, I heard slower is better. And I'm like, no, but, like, go just go to 5.2. And so he's like, well, okay, whatever. And, yeah, he switched up. And he we did the math. It was, like, 20% more efficient, you know, or faster. Sure. And it and it was the same. It was like, this is awesome. And so, yeah, you you just like you say, by going faster, you will improve a lot. No, next year he's going to try to go 6.2? Yes. No, I, I told him this is high. <laughs> yeah. We're not pushing this anymore. Now you're maxed yeah. out. Yeah. Ooh, Max, quiz question for you. Of the Ooh. Day. How come you max out at like five and a half mile an hour on a regular planter? What What's the holdup? What's the barrier? I mean, it's got to have something to do with the seed feeding mechanism, right? I mean, that's yeah. got to be how, that's got to be think the biggest. like high school physics. Well, okay, so here's the first problem. We don't build planters strong enough to go faster than that. That's the first problem. If you want to know the truth, that's the first problem. Because <laughs> the, the guys yeah. who are pulling at 5.2 when their planters are made to go 5, those guys have issues because <laughs> it is not made to hit rocks that hard. Okay? So you got to remember that. But then it's got to be... I don't, I don't think, know. Think uh, Newton or Einstein. No, well, for every action, there's an no, equal and opposite no. reaction. <laughs> yeah, gonna, it's just gra- it's gravity. gravity. Speed or, of gravity. You have to go... You can't go it's, faster it's, than gravity. It's purely speed of gravity is that, yes, when that seed drops out of... Right. You know, down into the seed tube is gravity can't push it faster than that. So now they created a mechanism to push go faster than Take gravity. Take the seed and move it push faster. It. Yeah. So push, push it. Push it real good. good. Oh, boy. Shake it, baby. 
All right. Okay. <laughs> Ready for the egg idiom for this week? Yes. Max, what do we got? We got milk it for all it's worth. We're tying back to our cool beans, right? When the prices are good, we got to milk, milk it for it. all it's worth. That's right. Bam. That's what we got to push our production. Okay. So I'm not... Li- well, I am. I actually am kind of referring to milking your cow for all she's worth. Um, but this idiom means to take full advantage of the situation. Like on those rare occasions you actually have a day off, you should milk it for all it's worth. Sleep in, spend some much-needed time with family, take a road trip, visit the beach. Do anything and everything you would want to do on your day off. Trust me, you've earned it. And then be really tired to go back to work the next day. Yeah. Be like, why did I do so much? Was that you, Bill, who told me that? That you always schedule an extra day after you get home? Sure. Because you need like a a, a recobobulation day? Yep. (laughs) A recovery day. No. Maybe sleeping in isn't milking for all it's worth. Maybe you want to get up and seize the day. There is is such a a thing as too much sleep. Like a lot of times if you sleep too long, then you just like, you can't get going. You're like, oh, this was a terrible idea. Right. Anyway, so, but basically what we want to do is uh, is do do everything, get the most out of everything we can, so. It's a good thing to live by, though. My get grandma? The best, the most out of every day. My grandma, Ziploc bags, she milks them for all they're worth. She rinses them out, uses them again. <laughs> all right? She go inside out, right? She's committed. No, dude, keep them the same. You just got to wash them out. Real good. She tip them upside down, yep. like on oh, something, yeah. so they oh, yeah. dry out inside there. You know you know the little, like, styrofoam bakery containers you get? That's yeah. like the bot, like, there's, like, stuff on top of it, and then they shrink wrap it. When the bakery stuff is off that, she cleans them and saves them. So if she ever has to send something home with you, she can put it on there. Oh. When, how, how, what year are these Ziploc bags from? Are these, like, from nah, the never, are these sweet? I mean, these are like... I've only seen her do it like, like once uh, or twice. When did the Ziploc come out? Yes. I've only seen her do it like original. once or twice. But the, the styrofoam, styrofoam thing and like the... Sa- she the saves little platter them. styrofoam. Every every kind of packaging yep. you can imagine. How many Cool Whip containers? Oh, my Yeah. That's like the ultimate That's what my grandma uses. My mom, when we were kids, and I don't think she does it anymore, like bread bags. Mom, she would listening? say bread bags. Oh, so yep, bread yep. was done, go in a drawer, like shake it out, and then, oh, I need to put something in a bag. Here's the bread bag. Yep. Yeah. Put them on your feet in the winter. Keep keep your feet from yes. getting wet. Inside nope. your boot? You know, you we just, never do that? We just had boots that had <laughs> insulation in them. You the never place. had boots that got wet, so you put bread bags oh, inside? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I put bread bags on my feet to go to a Packer game once. I remember that. Cause There's I was, newspaper. I've done, Our daughter but, wears bread bags because she... Wears the bot like the back of her boots like till nothing. So instead of buy her some new boots, we, Todd. we're like, hey, cheap. we gotta we gotta milk cheap. these boots for all they're worth. <laughs> cheap, cheap. So shot. she's wearing some. Yep, bread sorry, bags. you can't you can't have no, new she, boots. She was rightfully warned, like, hey, you gotta you're wrecking all your boots here. We're going through a little too many. Oh, you of the mean boots she like there. walks on the oh, back like, of her like, boots? Yeah. Like, oh, so it's her fault. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. Don't buy her new boots, no. Todd. So she yeah she cold feet for you. Yeah. These this pair. I don't care how many toes you're gonna lose. Pair, you're so. not getting new boots. We're learning a lesson today. Yeah, the Dow Chemical Company invented the Ziploc bag in 1968. <laughs> there you go. So do you think that? Uh, <laughs> no, so no. no, she started saving. Maybe Ziploc 88 bags. max. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I've only seen her do the Ziploc bag thing a couple times, and I, every time I'm just like, well, I guess you saved three cents. It's the the other containers. I you know. The the other thing I remember from when I was younger was uh, saving the plastic silverware and washing it and reusing it. Ooh, nope. Yeah. Never we, did that. Yeah, we had that, too. I, I don't, can't remember if that was grandma or who that was, but, yeah, they, there would be, like, ice cream pail that you would put your utensils in, and then they would wash the plastic. We found many. When but, we cleaned out grandma's house, we'll remember all the Dairy Queen spoons yeah. we found? Yeah. And they were, like, 
Some of them were like this weird thick plastic, and some were it was just sure very depending on age. Well, that was the thing. Off. Like then, I remember then too. Like plastic silverware was actually fairly durable. durable yes, versus now. When a lot of times it breaks, Nothing just is. trying to use it the first time. I think it was my great grandma because I don't remember it. I just remember hearing stories, but I think it was my great grandma was a save the wrapping paper. Oh yeah, oh, yes. that was my, yep. my my grandparents. Save the wrapping paper. You can wrap it more than once. So would she like when she unwrapped presents? Would she like slowly cut like with her hand? Take you gotta the like tape? yep, just work the tape off and yep. then kind of slide the box out and save like the wrapping paper in like a sleeve. Sure, you know. So oh, the nice. next present, you just slide, slide in there. Right and in there. <laughs> uh, my grandpa just took out his pocket knife, cut the tape. Opened her up and slid her out. Slid her out. Was good to go. Max, do you remember Ziploc bags before they had the color on each side? So, you know, they were shut good or not? What? <laughs> <laughs> when it was like a clear. Yeah, there, uh, there, there wasn't color in the strip yes, it was at just one like time. A, I don't. Way, no, way back that's a in no. the before time. That's a no. I don't know. Max, do you know what this noise is? Yeah, dial up. Yes, I do remember dial up. Also we didn't have high speed internet until I was in high school. What do you? <laughs> yes, I remember dial up. That we we had dial up when I was in high school, so there was no high speed. Fifty six k modem was high speed at that time. It's all good. So there you go. Well, thanks Milk for being here, guys. Part. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Today we talked about snow as an insulator. We looked at the SmartStacks Pro Worm technology getting closer to coming out. Ag History Minute, we talked about the Capper-Volstead Act for cooperatives. Cool Beans was milk prices forecast to rise in 2021. And our That's Corny was the lawsuit between John Deere, Kinsey, and Ag Leader, with our Ag Idiom being milk it for all it's worth. So hopefully we you're milking your time for all it's worth and listening to our podcast while you're driving or doing... Some other type of multitasking. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.